Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to our 21st episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson, and alongside my co-host Bjorn Webb, we're so honored that you've decided to join us. This week, we are in week three of our Local to Global series. The last two weeks, we have featured some sports ministries that are happening here in Buffalo, New York. Our church, Watermark Wesleyan Church, is based out of Buffalo, New York. For those of you who are listening out of state or out of Buffalo, we're specifically in Hamburg, New York, right by the Buffalo Bills Stadium. So big Bills fan base here. So shout out to the Bills organization. Go Bills. And I'm from Colorado, so go Broncos as well. But today is a great conversation with Bill Gallopel of Southern Cal Seahorses. And if you're new to the podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, never graduating, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And today, I highly encourage a lot of you listeners, if you got pen and paper and got time to write things down, write some things down today because Bill has a lot of wisdom that he's going to share with a lot of you today. So before we dive in, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. I know for me, if I don't subscribe to some of my podcasts, I'm just not going to see it because I'm a forgetful person. And hey, we want to get this to you right away. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Bill Gallipold. Well, welcome to the sweat room, everyone. Today, we want to welcome to the sweat room, Bill Gallipold. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm great. It's great to be with you. Yeah. So for all of you listeners, Bill Galpult is the executive director of the Southern California Seahorses. This is a soccer ministry and it's part of Missionary Athletes International. Bill, he's been active in sports ministry for 40 years as a coach, domestic missionary, international resident missionary, church sports ministry pastor, a mission executive, and as an undergraduate professor. He holds a Doctor of Ministry degree from Azusa Pacific University and is the new director of the Online Sports Outreach Master's Program at Barclay College in Kansas. He has been married to his wife, Lisa, for 36 years and is the father of Meredith Laurel Shannon and will become a grandfather in February of 2021. So congrats on that, Bill. That's awesome. Thanks. I've been waiting a long time and looking forward to this a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Do do they uh, do they live close to you there? Yes. Yeah. They're only about fifteen minutes away, so we're uh, we're looking forward to being hands-on grandparents. I love it. Awesome. Oh, that is awesome. So, Bill, for a little context for our listeners, uh, I went on a sports soccer-specific missions trip last summer, summer of 2019, with the Southern California Seahorses and MAI, and we went to the Czech Republic and played soccer and did soccer camps and clinics there. So I know that you love soccer. I love soccer. I believe soccer is the greatest sport in the world. Do you believe it's the greatest sport in the world and why? Um, Yeah, I definitely believe it's the the greatest sport in the world right now, just because of its international acceptance and and the participation levels. Um, I I still think that uh, FIFA, which is the international soccer ruling body, has more countries as members than the united nations um but i I just love the game because it's it's wide open it's 
there's a freedom on the field. Um, I, I love it because of the length of the game. You've got 90 minutes of no timeouts, you know, except for a halftime. Um, it's uh, the, the freedom of the game. It's a, it's a player driven game more than it's a coach driven game like mm -hmm. like some of our u.s sports yeah um so all those things i think combine to for me to love the the sport that's awesome no i i would have to agree with you there just talking soccer that that's what i love about soccer is a coach does his job at practice and then they get a little bit of a pep talk before the game a little bit maybe some minor adjustments at halftime but besides that coach is kind of hands off and it's up to the players to be creative, to work together, to figure out what to do. Where in other sports, like you said, in the U S it's coaches can feed their players plays. They can really yeah. direct and dictate what happens, but soccer is really it's a player's game. They get to be creative and do that. Yeah. That's, that's such a good point. I love that. Yep. Every, every sport's a little different. I'm the, I'm the outnumbered one today. I'm the only non-soccer guy. It's, it's fun. <laughs> I've been teaching Noah a little bit. We're trying to get him to, feel comfortable with the ball at his feet. My goal is to yeah, not make good. Bjorn. So that's, that's my, my one. Goal. That shouldn't be too tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you want to, if you want any tips with nutmegging, Bill's the guy to talk to. He's the master. So <laughs> I'll have to ask him maybe after, after recording. So for Bill, so for, for you, how did sports affect your life before you came to know Christ? Oh, wow. Um, you know, Actually, sports, uh, sports was my life kind of growing up, you know, that's, that's what I was drawn to. Um, I, I felt a confidence there, I think, cause I was good at it. And, um, is it always, has it always been soccer? No, when we were, when we were young, we just played whatever was in season, mm. you know, and, uh, but, and there wasn't a lot, you know, it was little league, it was uh, YMCA basketball, mm. um, as I got into high school, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I played baseball, I played basketball, uh, when I was in high school, I got into hockey, um, wow. and track and field. I mean, it, we just, we tried to do whatever there wasn't year round anything back when, when I was a kid, you know, you just took whatever, uh, uh whatever was available at the time. And so, you know, I tried to, to play it all. And it really wasn't until um, I was out of college that I came to Christ. So, you know, I, I kind of grew up in a sporting environment, and that's where I made a lot of my friends. That's where I learned a lot of uh, life lessons, whether they were correct or not, um, you know. And, and so that's where my mindset was. It was a, a sporting mindset, and, um, you know, I, I, I thought I had it figured out you know, what it, what it would take to, to be a, um, you know, a, a good high level competitive sports person. Mm. So, you know, you talked about how, okay, you didn't come to know Christ until after college sports was maybe your identity. That was your life. So how did you come to, to know Christ and did that change sort of your life in sports? Um, yeah, well, I, I came to Christ. Um, I got out of college, took a job, was in a city that I didn't like. I was in a job that I didn't like. I was, you know, lonely. I was kind of down at the bottom of, uh, uh, you know, this rut. And um, I started looking for God because I had actually grown up. My, my dad had taken us to church 
every Sunday, uh, had gone through, you know, the religious education, confirmation, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I had never really connected with God. And so in high school, um, I actually made the conscious decision. It's like I, I knew some of the things that I was doing and, and what my friends and I were doing. I knew it wasn't right. And so uh, it was hard for me to go to church. And so I made the conscious decision um, that, you know, I, I, I knew that I had to either follow God and change my life or I needed to not follow God and live the life that I wanted. And that's the conscious decision that I had made in high school. Um, so when I got out of college and I was living the life the way I wanted it and uh, it wasn't bringing me any joy, um, I started to, to look for God. And uh, it was then that a, a coworker, actually, she was in another city. I, I still have never met her face to face, but oh, we, wow. would talk, we would talk on the phone every day. And uh, one day she asked me if I was a Christian because she, she could hear in my uh, voice and the way I complained about life that I wasn't a happy person. And so I thought I was because, you know, I wasn't Muslim. I wasn't Jewish. Um, you know, I had grown up in a church setting. And so I said, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. And then she asked me a question that I couldn't answer. And she said, uh, do you have a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And uh, I, you know, I couldn't answer that one in the affirmative. Mm. And so she asked me if she could send me some stuff. And I said, sure, you know, and I was, I was kind of cool about it. Yeah, you can send me stuff. But I was really, uh, I really wanted to to see what she was going to send me. And, and what she sent me was a, a, a little uh, gospel of John and a four spiritual laws. And, uh, if, you know, if people aren't familiar with that, it was just a, a real quick, this is an outline of the gospel. Mm. And, uh, basically God loves you, you know, you've messed up, uh, cause you're, you're sinful. Uh, Jesus came to, um, make that right. And, we can we can know God's love and His plan for our lives um, by receiving what Christ has done for us and committing ourselves to Him. And so, you know, she sent me that. Um, it was a Friday. Went to the mailbox, got this, opened it up. She had a nice little note in there saying, "Hey, I'm praying for you. Uh, read the yellow thing first, and then the red thing." And so, you know, that was it. I went went up to my room. Um, you know, by the end of reading through the, the gospel, it's like, my goodness, why didn't anybody explain this to me? And uh, I, I'd never heard this this way before. And, uh, you know, I was on my knees next to my bed and, um, you know, gave my life to Christ right then. Mm. Wow. So for you, you've been involved with sports and now the sports ministry world for a while. What was that moment for you that sparked your interest in using sports just to share your love of Christ? Um, you know, I mean, early on, it was kind of the, the struggles that I was going through. Because mm. um, when I first came to Christ, I was playing on a high-level um, amateur team. And I was I was kind of struggling with this whole, how do I how do I do the faith thing in this sports world? Because the sports world has different expectations than what I'm picking up from this Christian world. And sure. um, I didn't, I didn't know how to put the two together and there wasn't anybody um, at my church that I, that I started going to that could 
help me figure that out. So that that started the um, you know that that started my kind of quest for how do I how do we put these two together? Mm-hmm. And um, it happened uh, for me that spark was I found uh, uh, an advertisement in a in a magazine for sports ambassadors, which uh, back in the um, you know back in the late 70s early 80s was you know the the premier sports ministry that was was reaching out around the world and so um, i actually went on a mission trip to jamaica and guatemala and trinidad in 1980 and uh, i saw god work uh, through the missionaries and through just the the whole atmosphere that a soccer team coming into the town and playing and going to the school and doing clinics with kids um, you know, it wasn't like I was out there leading people to Christ. I wasn't, didn't see myself as an evangelist. And yet I was part of this group that was helping to create this atmosphere where God was doing great things and, and people were coming to Christ. Wow. And so I thought, wow, I, I want to do this. You know, this is something that I want to do. That's um, so so cool. that was, that was 1980. Yeah. Yeah. And so Bill, where did you kind of go from there? Like, I know, like, as I was, you know, introducing you, you know, we had your bio, just a little bit about yourself. We, you know, we heard that, you know, you're a pastor, you've, you know, done all these things, held all these different roles. Like, how did you go from being, you know, after college, like just accepting Christ at a young age and then being faithful and saying, all right, I'm going to go on this mission trip to now sort of like where you are now. Like, how did that come about? Yeah, good question. I mean, before uh, before I did this mission trip, which was really, I was only like uh, maybe two years uh, as a Christian before I went on this mission trip. But uh, immediately after I accepted Christ, part of the that four spiritual laws was God has a wonderful plan for your life. And so I thought, well, what could be a greater, more wonderful plan than for me to uh, try out for some pro teams maybe um, get on a pro team, play for a few years, uh, be able to share my faith in my sport. And, um, you know, and then a couple of years later when I get hurt or some young kid takes my place, then I'll go get a real job. Mm. So that was my vision. You know, I thought, okay, God wants me to have a sucker life and this is what it's going to be. You know, it's going to be maybe four or five years long and that's what it was all all going to be about. So I went out, I tried it out for, uh, let's see, I tried out for the New England T-Men, the New York Apollo. And uh, then I went to Cleveland and tried out for the Cleveland Cobras. And uh, when the Cleveland Cobras didn't want me, I kind of figured out that I wasn't going to be a professional soccer player. What years was that in? Uh, That would have been 19, that would have been like the spring of uh, 1978. Wow. Um, You know, um, that's, uh, and so, you know, I thought, okay, soccer life is not done. And so I, I, that's when I prayed and I said, God, if you don't want me to, uh, to ever play soccer again, um, I'm okay with that. You know, just show me what you want me to do. And so, um, you know, it was only like a week later that I saw that ad for a sports ministry, a soccer ministry trip. And I thought, I I had never heard of that before. And I thought, this is great. Maybe this is it. 
And so that's what started me. And so afterwards, uh, after that trip, wanted to try to get into sports ministry. So I called sports ambassador and said, Hey, can I be your East coast rep? Can, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? And there really wasn't uh, anything for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I, I said, okay, God, maybe you want me to be a, a regular pastor or missionary. Um, I had started doing some youth work in the church that I was going to. Um, it's like I was there for four or five months, and they asked me to be the youth director. And, you know, I looking back and thinking, uh, what were you thinking? You know, who is this guy? He's only been in the church a few months. He's only been a Christian for a couple of years and you were putting him in charge of your youth. Um, but it was there that I started to get ministry experience. And then my pastor said, you know, you need to go to seminary. And, um, I kind of, uh, rebelled against that idea because I was, uh, I was almost a C plus student in college and I had vowed <laughs> never to go. I vowed uh, never to go back to school again. Wow. And, uh, so I, I kind of stalled for a year on that. And then, you know, God, I think it was God and not the pastor telling me, yeah, you need to go to seminary. Mm. Wow. So, and then, and then you did go to seminary. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up at uh, um, Alliance Theological Seminary in Nyack, New York, and um, I went there. I'd kind of forgotten all about my uh, my prayer of wanting to be a, a sports minister, mm. and so I said, okay, I'm going to go to seminary. Um, I, I can't believe they actually let me in seminary, <laughs> but uh, they did, and you know, I looked at it as places, this is where I'm going to grow up, and, and this is where I'm going to find out what God wants for me. Mm. And uh, right from the get-go, he started to show that because um, I was looking for part-time work and they didn't have a, a soccer coach at the college. And so I met with the, uh, met with the uh, athletic director and having never coached a, a game of soccer before, uh, I became the head men's soccer coach wow. um, at, at the college. Mm. And, That's uh, crazy. Was that was that tough for you to sort of walk into that role that you had never done before? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I mean, it, I was horrified. You know, I didn't know didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was a I was a good player, um, but I had never coached before. And so, uh, our first season, we had one win, eleven ties. Eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, eleven losses. Oh, okay. Okay. Ties. <laughs> Yeah, we were one eleven and four, and the uh, the one win was a forfeit. So, um, hey, um, you didn't need to tell us that, and we would have. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. just it just shows God's sense of humor. I mean, yeah. Um, from there, the the athletic director he he uh, he really worked with me. He he sent me to uh, coaching clinics. You know, he encouraged me, and ended up coaching there for seven years. Started doing. Uh, my own soccer camps at the college and then um, started there in in 1981 and then uh, 1986 took uh, half of my team to the world cup in Mexico in 86 to do ministry. And that's when I met the guys from uh, missionary athletes, international seahorses. Wow. Uh, Cause you met them at the world cup there. Well, they had half a team and, uh, I had half a team. And so, um, the, there was an organizer, I forget his name, but, um, he kind of put our two teams together. 
And so that's, uh, that's where I got to know Tim Conrad, who was uh, one of the founders, Tim Conrad and Dave Irby of uh, Missionary Athletes. And um, that next year, um, you know, or actually the fall of 86, uh, Tim came to NIAC and said, hey, listen, I, I'd like to challenge you and your wife to come on staff mm. uh, with us out in California. And so we took an entire year to pray about it. We went out there and visited, and um, then we ended up moving out there. Wow. Or, wow. 1988. Wow, that's crazy. So, Bill, for you, um, was there a time, like, did you, when you, like, automatic when you got that, I guess, position as the soccer coach, did you know then that, like, oh, this is kind of how God is working my story to use sports and ministry together? Or when did you really... When did that kind of click for you, that sports and ministry, you know, that he was going to fulfill that call that you felt that you had? Yeah, um, I, I mean, after that first tour um, to Jamaica, Guatemala, and Trinidad, it's like I knew that's what I wanted to do. And and as I started to coach, um, I started. I began to understand that maybe this is the way God's going to do it. And, mm. you know, I initially thought I'm going to be a, a coach and a teacher because I started teaching some PE classes. And then I went and did a master's uh, after I finished my seminary degree. I went and did a, a MS in education for physical educators because I thought I was going to be a coach and a teacher. Mm. And then it was, uh, it was that at that same time, like right after I graduated is when we ended up, um, coming on staff with the mission organization. So as we're, as we're raising support to come on staff with seahorses, it dawned on me. It's like I had forgotten all about uh, at the end of this 1980 tour, I prayed with uh, Stan Herod, who was the missionary that, that led that trip. Um, I prayed with him in the Miami airport about um, doing sports ministry as a, I mean, as a, career as a lifestyle mm -hmm. and uh, I had forgotten all about that prayer and mm -hmm. and God reminded me of that prayer when uh, when we were raising support and kind of said okay you know it's eight years later but um, it's your, your prayer is being answered wow that's so cool yeah. and so Bill I know when we were in the Czech Republic together you you know, you knew the language a whole lot better than I did because you had actually lived there as a missionary for some time, correct? Yes. Yeah. We lived there um, for six years from 1993 to 1999. Wow. wow. So cool. So could you maybe talk us a little bit about how God worked through you and others in that ministry when you guys were in the Czech Republic? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, one of the one of the first things that I did when I came on staff with Seahorses uh, the first summer, um, I helped to lead a uh, a soccer team to what was then Czechoslovakia, and Hungary and Austria, and we had been invited by some athletes and action missionaries. They were wrestlers, um, wow. and so they lived in Germany, but they went all throughout Eastern Europe, all the way to, to Russia, um, trying to find and disciple, you know, reach and disciple wrestlers. But everywhere they went, they saw soccer. So they invited seahorses uh, to come bring a soccer team and they would set it up. So in 1989, 
you know, we're taking a team into communist Czechoslovakia. Mm. We're playing games. Um, we're not doing like our, our halftime testimonies or, or after game uh, programs. You know, our after game program would really just be dinner with the other team and we would you know just say how much we enjoyed country and the soccer and um and we would say just a little bit about our team as being a, a faith-based team um because you're not you know back then we weren't allowed to uh evangelize mm -hmm. and so you know we didn't take bibles in with us that first time you know bibles to give away we had our own personal bibles of course but yeah. um that first trip um we met uh, in one town's called podjabrati we uh, met Ivan and Yana, and Ivan was uh, a player on the team that we played against, and Yana was his wife, and she was a teacher, spoke uh, very good English, and she offered to translate for us. And so she was starting to translate, um, you know, who we were and what we were about and this whole kind of faith aspect, and um, she didn't really get it because they, they had no, uh, no faith background. And so we were there for several days. And um, while we didn't, they didn't talk about faith things out in public, they did one night invite a few of us over to their apartment. And so once they, we were in their apartment, uh, they were much freer with their questions. And so they started questioning us about everything. Mm. Wow. And uh, that started, uh, we had actually been in Prague and, um, which is the capital city, and found in an, in an old bookstore, I, I had found an old Bible. And so I bought the Bible thinking, okay, what am I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And so we ended up giving them the Bible. Um, and after we left, left uh, Czechoslovakia that summer, we just started writing letters to them. Oh, cool! And uh, she would start writing letters back. She said, "I'm I'm reading the B that you gave me because she wouldn't write out the word Bible because she didn't trust, uh, you know, didn't trust the government. Maybe they would read her letters and she'd get into trouble. Oh, wow! But uh, hmm. you know, we've got all these questions, and so um, that fall was the Velvet Revolution when communism fell in that part of the that part of the of Europe and so um you know they were uh, things began to open up really fast and so we came back the next year 90 91 um our athletes in action friends one of them moved to prague and one of them moved to moscow and wow. so you know we we saw everything opening up and we started praying say god we need you know you need to send missionaries in here and and it wasn't very long before uh, guy said, well, how about you? And, wow. you know, um, you know, my wife and I, when we moved from New York to California, uh, we thought we were moving to the ends of the earth, you know? <laughs> so, uh, we weren't, we had never anticipated living overseas. It's not something that, um, you know, if you had told us, um, before we joined seahorses that, um, part of the gig was going to be to live in another country, we would have said no. Wow. You know, we, we weren't ready. And, and God knows, you know, God takes us in steps uh, all along the way. That's what he did 
to get me from where I had the vision for sports ministry to actually being um, a, a, a full-time sports minister. What was that confirmation for you? When did you know you're like, yep, God is calling us. What, what, how did you and your wife know? Um, I knew it when uh, God told my wife that, uh, you know, it was time to, it was time to go and make this wow. move because, you know, I, I was firmly, you know, it's like, okay, God, I'm open to this, but, uh, you know, I, I know my wife and, uh, I know our relationship and I would never take her <laughs> if, <laughs> if she didn't want to go. And so, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to tell her. Yeah. And so he did. And, um, you know, we, we prayed a long time uh, before we committed to doing that. And then we had to go through different training and language training and stuff like that. And so um, it was a long process. Yeah, I'm sure. So, Bill, what whatever happened to uh, the couple that you guys were writing letters to and from that you gave the Bible to? Like, do you, yeah, like whatever happened to them? Yeah, I guess I guess I got sidetracked in the story because uh, you know after that first year, um, that was eighty summer of eighty nine. She's reading the Bible during the during the year. We come back in nineteen ninety. That's the World Cup year in in Italy, and so we've got three teams that are going around Europe, and mm. two of them are going to come through her town, Yanni uh, Ivan's town, and so uh, we come through. We met with Jan and Ivan. We talk more. We have uh, more questions, and we can see that they're so close. Um, and then it was a, a week later, this other team came through, and um, the the coach, his wife, uh, really hit it off with Jana. Um, they got to talk more in depth, and she was able to lead Jana to faith in Christ. Oh, wow. Uh, and then from there, you know, it wasn't long. It was probably six months of the next year that uh, Yvonne came to faith. Um, and that's her husband? Kids. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And they had, they had a son and a daughter, uh, little Yvonne and, um, uh, and Misha. And so Misha comes to faith. She's maybe eight, nine years old, you know. And then, uh, so fast forward here to the present day, uh, Misha, uh, now has married, uh, a young man named Tomas and, um, he had been a youth pastor. They had, uh, fled from Czechoslovakia to the States. He was a youth pastor in California. Wow. They met online um, ended up getting married. Misha came to the States. They were here in the States for uh, several years and now are back in Podjabrati, her hometown. They've got an incredible ministry to high school and college age uh, people. Wow. Uh, they've planted a church called Remedy Church. Um, they've got Wesleyan missionaries that uh, work with them. And um, it's just a, it's an incredible ministry. Um, and so for us to, to see what God has done from the, the few seeds that we planted uh, 20 plus years ago and to see where it is now, it's, uh, it blows you away. Wow. You know? what, a, what a blessing to be able to see that sort of come full circle. That's, that's incredible. And now, is this, the, is this the Tomash that I met and we worked with or is that a different? 
No, that's a different, that was a different tone. Okay. I know that that's kind of a popular name yeah. over here, so I didn't know if that was the same one or not. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, that's amazing. That's an, such an amazing story. It, just everything comes full circle. And even just years later, you're like, God is just blessing that. So that is so yeah. cool. And that's, and that's the one that we can see, you know, right. What is, what has he done that we can't see? And, sure. and, and so you know, how, how have those ripples, those faith ripples uh, gone on and, and affected other people? Yeah. And, and you, so you've been involved with some pretty amazing organizations and I, I would love for you to go more in depth with that with our listeners. So what is M- MAI and who are the Southern California seahorses? Yeah, well, Missionary Athletes International, uh, it started out in California. That's that's where I am now. And um, it started out in 1983. It was uh, the men's coach at Biola University. Um, he was taking his players to do clinics. He was going taking them to, uh, to Mexico. Um, he was taking high school kids to England. That was just who he was. This is Tim Conrad. It was the, the coach. And so uh, he wanted to, he incorporated so that he'd be a, a charitable organization so that people that wanted to go on these trips could raise money and people could get tax deductions. And um, basically what happened is he just started attracting soccer minded people that love Christ and wanted to do ministry. Mm. And so, you know, it started uh, when, when we came in um, 1988, there was already six or seven guys here, and pretty soon a couple of the guys went and they start planted an office in Charlotte, and then a few years after that, one of the guys from Charlotte moved to Chicago and started a, an office there. Wow. Um, we moved to the Czech Republic um, in '93. Another group went to England and founded. Uh, a group called Ambassadors in Sport, which is now fully English-run ministry. Wow, very cool. Um, and so, you know, it, it just it just kind of exploded. And so Southern California Seahorses, the, the three offices that we have in the States right now, Chicago, Charlotte, and L.A., we all do similar things. We, uh, we minister through teams, tours, and camps. Uh, we do things beyond that, but summer camps for kids we take international uh we'll take uh we call an open trip where we'll just recruit different players from different places or sometimes we'll take uh, a single school you know um point loma nazarene we we took a couple years ago to to ecuador and so we, we we do that and then we have teams um right now in la uh we used to have two men's teams um amateur teams and women's amateur team and uh we don't have any amateur teams going right now we have uh it's called uh, usl league two team used to be premier development league pdl uh, that plays in the summer um and it's a high level you know very high level amateur team but we also um, do sports ministry training with them get them involved in ministry opportunities while they're here we take them to Mexico, spend a weekend at a um, orphanage down there, play a couple of games. Um, it's a great experience um, for these guys. And a lot of them are coming here kind of at the same place I was when I first came to Christ, mm-hmm. is they're coming here with the, the questions uh, or really never even having been challenged to integrate their faith 
with their sport. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the, the goal of, um, you know, that, that ministry that we run is to help the guys to see themselves um, first as followers of Christ and then as athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the two are not mutually exclusive, which sometimes that's the, the impression that we get is that uh, the two are mutually exclusive. Wow. Cool. So would you say that's kind of the, the vision and mission of MAI and Southern California Seahorses is to, you know, bridge that gap between sports and faith? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, our, our mission statement as it reads is to glorify God and see lives transform by sharing the message of Jesus Christ through the global environment of soccer. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty wide a wide thing. Um, and so when we say the environment of soccer, we're doing stuff with preschool kids now, you know, we're, we're doing preschool all the way up through these, these almost professional players. Uh, some of the guys that have been on our teams have, you know, made it to the next level. And so, um, you know, we're doing internationally, we're doing it at home. Um, it, the opportunities are endless. They really are. You know, we're just limited by, uh, the number of people that we have involved and uh, occasionally buy some dollars. That's awesome. So Bill, what has God been calling you to do recently? Um, for me, the, the most recent direction or directional change maybe that, that God has brought to me is this whole area of education. Mm. And, um, you know, about 10 years ago, God put it on my heart to be part of training the next generation of sports ministers. I mean, we were already doing that in a sense. Uh, that's, that's what we do with, with seahorses and MAI. But um, for me, um, as a former student who was a really bad student and didn't really learn, um, I understood that um, that the, the whole area of sports ministry is one where it was um, it was very wide, but it was not very deep. Um, you know, it wasn't theologically deep. Um, we didn't have a, a great philosophy of ministry. We were just saying, okay, we've got this sport. Um, what works? You know, and, and we didn't really always think about why we were doing this or should we be doing this or how should we be doing this? Um, we were just doing it, which is, which is great. But I think uh, sports ministry can be even better and deeper. So uh, that's when I started the doctor ministry program um, at Azusa Pacific. They let me do everything towards uh, tweak, everything towards sports and ministry. And um, my uh, doctoral project that I did was about spiritual formation in the team sport environment Mm. and its application to churches. And so um, trying to uh, help educate people and and in my case now I'm uh, an adjunct professor at a couple of different schools and now I'll be running this master's program at Berkeley. Um, You know, I'm just really excited and um, loving what I'm doing with, with trying to teach, you know, this next generation wow. and not just teach them how, but teach them why, you know, mm. why, why are we doing this? And uh, what's the, you know, our, our kind of our philosophy of ministry behind it. Wow. That's so good. I, I love how 
you've been so, it, it seems that you've been so attentive to what God has for you. And it's like, you know, you said, oh, maybe it was, you know, eight years ago or whatever, or 10 years ago that God started, you know, maybe having a switch in your mind of education. And that's where maybe God has you and just following that. And now you're starting to see, you know, as you're teaching undergraduate courses and leading this new, uh, this new program, like, I, I just love that, how God answers our prayers always, not always how we want to or when we want to, but he will always answer our prayers. And you see now some of those prayers being answered 10 years after maybe when you started thinking about education and what God is leading you to here in, um, yeah, that's, that's so cool. So Bill, how can, how can we, and how can our listeners be praying for you, your ministry, and how can we get connected with, with you and, and your ministry? Um, for our seahorse ministry, um, we're always in need of more staff, mm. you know, um, we're, we're praying, we're asking the God of the, the Lord of the harvest to raise up workers. And, um, you know, some of us, uh, can't do the things that we used to do when we were younger and, you know, we need, uh, this next generation to, to really come on board. And so you could pray for more staff. I mean, again, that's the only, the only limit we have on, on what we can do. There's, there's so much, so much opportunity and so much to be done. Um, so yeah, you could pray for staff, um, for the whole education, um, area. Um, you can continue to pray for, for students and for these institutions that they'll continue to be open towards, um, uh, sports ministry and, and training people in sports ministry. Um, personally for me, you know, just my continued walk with God, um, you know, that's, that's never, uh, it's never something you can take for granted. It's not something you can say, okay, I'm there, you know, I can kick back and relax. Um, God's always got new things for us to learn, um, about ourselves, about what, uh, what he's doing. Uh, so yeah, those are the kind of the, the prayer requests um, as far as connecting with seahorses. Uh, SeahorseSoccer.com is um, the website for all things seahorse, and you can get in touch with us there. So Bill, real quick, I have to ask: Is there a story behind why the seahorse is the mascot of this team? I just think it's kind of a funny animal. I've never heard of the seahorse being a mascot of a team before. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely memorable. It's a conversation starter. Um, because we're in Southern California, you know, we're by the coast. Uh, it it works, um, but uh, there's there's like it's urban myth as to why the seahorses uh, are called the seahorses. You know, the the myth that I've heard from the founders and or or people that were around at that time was that. Uh, for some reason they were doing a little pickup game and somebody said, we're going to be called this. And then the other guy said, okay, we're going to be the seahorses. And the rest then it's history. so who knows? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. So just as we finish up today, Bill, this has been a great conversation. Are there any final remarks or just words of encouragement for our listeners? Uh, yeah. I mean, partway, Partway through my uh, early walk with Christ, uh, I was challenged um, by a, a Sunday school teacher um, to 
look for and kind of adopt a, a life verse. And I hadn't really thought of that before. And so I, I, as I began to, you know, as I continued studying the scriptures, I was on the lookout for this life verse. And, um, you know, when I read it, it's like, oh, that's it. And for me, it was First uh, Peter 4.10, uh, which says each one should use whatever gift he or she has re- received to serve others, mm-hmm. uh, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And, you know, I, th- I, I always saw myself as, okay, you know, I, maybe I don't have much to offer, but I'm going to offer it. And, um, you know, sport is one of those, I, I think, the, one of the various forms of God's grace. And so I looked at that verse and I said, okay, I've, I've got a gift. I can do this sport thing. Um, the reason I have it is to serve other people. So how can I do that in ministry? Mm. And third was uh, God wants me to do it faithfully you know, not just when I feel like it or when it's beneficial to me. So those are the, um, those are the three things that I, I've taken out of that verse. And I go back to that verse a lot, mm. um, even now. Yeah. Wow. That, that's so good. I, I love that verse so much. It really, it really does communicate so much, especially in this line of work that we're in is if you're like, Oh, well, how do sports, how can those be used for ministry? It's well, God's given us this gift and, we're going to use it to glorify him in whatever that looks like, whether it's coaching, playing, teaching, whatever it is. So thank you so much for being with us, Bill. I know I've, I always enjoy our conversations and I loved getting to know you and meeting you last summer. And I look forward to hopefully working together and talking again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. It's been great to be with you. And uh, I do look forward to you maybe leading a trip to check next summer. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Thank you, Bill, for a great conversation today. Bjorn, what were some of your thoughts of today? Yeah, today I love talking with Bill, and it really took me back to, at this point, 11 years ago when I went on my first missions trip as a 13-year-old. Um, and it was a soccer missions trip with my college soccer team. And you guys actually will get to meet the missionary that we worked with uh, next week. Next week, we'll be yes. releasing that episode with For Jeff, Jeff Crone. Crone. Yeah, so I'm super excited. But yeah, 11 years ago, to, um, I went on a soccer missions trip when I was 13, and God really spoke to me then. And that's really when I first learned that, man, this love of sports is not just something that is, you know, that is separate. Like it can be such a foundational piece in my life as I live my life for life for Christ. He gave me this gift and ability to play sports. And now fast forward 11 years, I'm sports and fitness ministry director using sports to share the love of Christ with others. And so I just love that God has worked through those trips in Bill and in myself and so many other people too. Comes full circle. Comes just planting the little seeds. The too. little seeds, kind like we like saw with saying. the the woman, the teacher, mm. the girl. That's and such a powerful story. It really was, yeah. So, what about you, Noah? Like, what are some of your thoughts about this conversation with Bill? Yeah, I I loved, and it was a very little detail he talked about. Just just even when he was talking about the mission statement of Southern Cal Seahorses mm. and understanding the why behind everything. Mm. I think that's so important and something we don't 
always ask ourselves, why? Why are we doing this? That's good. Why, why are we doing that? And I love that. And just the way he's trying to figure out how to adapt even during COVID. How is he, like, just with the different sports ministries? Yeah. So I really love that. I think it was such a – he's such a unique guy. I think yeah. there's he's so talented, I'm sure, mm-hmm. within the soccer world. I mean, you've seen him nutmeg somebody. Yeah. When he was – that was last year. Last year was met, met, net mugging. Nutmegging. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> nutmegging somebody. Um, and if you guys have not seen that clip, I encourage you guys to go check that out on our social media, Instagram and Facebook at Watermark Sports. Just a shameless plug there for our social media to get connected with us. No problem. No problem. Yeah. So no, that's good. I, I, I you're right, Noah. Like that's that was that was so good. And for me, bringing it back full circle to the very beginning of that conversation when he was talking about soccer as the world's greatest sport. Mm. That's something I've really appreciated as a coach and as an individual is that it's a it's the player's game and it's the players get to be creative and they go out there and it's what what are you going to do what is the other team giving you what are you going to take and for me that really helped instill in me a sense of thinking for myself acting creativity and in that as we heard in a a former podcast you know creativity can reflect our creator Mm. because our creator is so creative and i see that in sports when i play soccer i can be creative and that creativity i see comes from our creator and who he's created me to be Mm. um and that's why i love soccer and i'm not saying for all those listeners out there i'm not saying that other sports are bad i'm just saying my personal opinion why'd you just wink at me i'm just kidding i didn't wink i didn't wink. No, my personal opinion is soccer is my favorite and it's you know the world sport um, it's a global sport yeah and we see other sports mm-hmm. you know we see basketball basketball is huge over in asia now in china mm. and you know we see football you know nfl teams are playing over in europe like right. sports are expanding so it's not that those sports won't be at the same level soccer is one day but mm-hmm. right now sorry guys soccer takes the cake so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks for a great conversation bill so good next week everybody we're continuing our local to global series week four of it and next week is jeff crone jeff is a missionary and he's been in peru and ethiopia and he's gotten his doctorate in systematic theology this is a conversation that is fascinating here's an excerpt we started at a plaza in the second largest city in Peru. It's called Arequipa. That plaza is at 7,500 feet. And every year, August 15th, coincidentally, the celebration of their start to the city, they have a race to the top of the volcano that overlooks the city. And the volcano is 19,000 feet. So I hiked from 7,500 feet to 19,000 feet. And again, I'm not sure the distance, but that was almost 12,000 feet elevation gain. Wow. Uh, a significant hike. But the crazy part was they had this race and there were Peruvian runners that literally with shorts and a tank top ran the thing with just one bottle of water. And remember, in the sweat room, we get it, got it, give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesley and Church. 